stack of polymer-infused bandages, tourniquets, and other goods in his arms, he spun and dumped everything on a table bolted onto the deck. Then he nodded to another set of crash couches with built-in IV chambers for patients. If anyone... The ship's violent shaking interrupted Morgan. The sudden motion threw him against Tag, and they both tumbled across the deck. Boxes clattered off the table, and rolls of gauze bounced away. Tag winced as he heard the sound of shattering glass behind him, he twisted to find its source. In the adjoining laboratory, beakers and graduated cylinders fell from the busted-open drawer of a lab bench and broke against the deck, flinging crystalline shards everywhere. A cell incubator door flopped open, threatening to spill its cargo of live, experimental artificial organs and cells. The chaos exploding around him drained away as a burgeoning sense of dread overtook him. The contents of that incubator represented the culmination of a decade and a half of research. Not that it couldn't be replaced with more hard work, but the synthetic brain resting in there alone had taken him almost two years to fabricate, and even longer to design. A nearby explosion annihilated those thoughts, and his mind raced instinctively back to the task at hand. He braced himself against the table as the ship rocked and sent Morgan sprawling across the deck. Tag offered him a hand. The fellow medical officer accepted his grasp and stood, rubbing his head. I've got a feeling they're going to need us pretty damn soon, Tag said. He turned to a humanoid silver droid tethered to its charging station. M3, on duty. The droid buzzed to life. Digital displays, its eyes, shone black and white and it lurched forward. With me, M3, Tag commanded. The silent droid followed with a steady mechanical gait. More protesting metal from the passageway accompanied the klaxons. It sounded like a hatch being forced open. Tag peeked into the corridor, and sure enough, someone, or something, fought to pry the hatch open from the other side as Marines rushed to bolster the hatch with a blockade of loose crates. Another dozen Marines formed a half-circle perimeter around the barricaded hatch. Tag felt their palpable anxiety as nervous fingers twitched near the trigger guards of their pulse rifles. The narrow passage prevented the lines of marines from stretching more than three or four across. They stood several rows deep. Another low rumble sounded from within the cargo bay, and the hatch door gave way, knocking over the wall of crates like so many tumbling toy blocks. Thick black tendrils of smoke billowed out, clogging the corridor, and the acrid scent of burning plastic stung Tag's nostrils. An audible whirr buzzed on behind the persistent alarms. The air filters had gone into overdrive, sucking at the smoke and desperately cleaning the pollutants out of the ship's atmosphere. But smoke wasn't the only thing pouring in from the cargo bay. Flashes of arcing blue light zipped through the dense black clouds. They looked like pulse rounds, but shone more brightly and proved more devastating than any tag had ever seen. A torrent of the incoming blue pulse fire burst against the bulkhead around the Marines, leaving burns and fissured alloy. One round slammed into a Marine's chest armor. The polymeric chest plate cracked, and she flew back with splayed limbs. Her head snapped against the bulkhead as the others around her fired into the mushrooming fog. I got her, Tag yelled to Morgan. He ducked under the barrage of gunfire, ignoring each devastating round whistling past and sprinted, dodging between the stanchions along the passage. Before he reached the Marine's limp body, another shrieking azure round pierced the visor of a nearby Marine. The helmet, head still inside, 
flew off the man's body and bounced along the deck like the most macabre kickball tag had ever seen. Professional coldness and practiced medicine instincts took over Tag's mind, and he ignored the devastating fatality as he leaped over the now headless body. He dodged under another fusillade, then dove to the first injured Marine. Her fingers trembled in spastic clenching and unclenching motions as he grabbed her wrists. The busted power armor added an extra fifty pounds to her already muscular frame, and he grunted, dragging her to the med bay as more rounds ricocheted through the passage, whining over his head. Unflinching marines returned a deluge of orange pulse fire to the attackers, who were still sheltered by the smokescreen. Their return fire did nothing to quell their unseen enemy. Another marine went down in a flurry of blue pulse fire, and Morgan dashed to help the man, even while the Marine's blood pooled out from a massive hole in the glove over his right hand, he fired into the cargo bay.